All right, well, welcome everybody to Triple Zally. We want to thank Hilton Hotels for making this event possible. Uh, the Giants are celebrating 60 years of baseball in San Francisco, and all year, yeah, all year they're, they're celebrating special moments and special people, and this panel is full of it, as they're all members of the 2012 World Series Championship team. Yeah. Ryan, we'll just go down the line. How much fun is it? to be part of the Giants organization and a huge part of special moments like the 2012 World Series, 2014 World Series as well, but just to know you're part of the fabric. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, everybody kind of knows the path I went on, so uh, the days when it was really bad, uh, the, the thoughts of being a World Series champion and getting to play with you know guys like Jeremy and Pablo, we had a, we had a really good group of guys and, uh, you know, those were moments that I never thought were going to happen. So being a, being a Giant was always special to me, but being able to be a world champion with the Giants make, makes uh, everything well worth it. We loved watching you that year. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and Pablo, this is to you. You were both part of the 2010 World Series team as well. You know, when... Guys throw a no-hitter. One of the main questions you ask that pitcher is, at what point did you realize that you were throwing a no-hitter? Because they'll tell you, I didn't know anything to like the seventh inning. What's it? I, I think that's not true, <laughs> by the way. During the 2012 season, at what point did you guys realize something really special might happen here? You had a good regular season, but you also had the experience of 2010. And, and what point in 2012 did you say, oh, we might... We might make a run again. Uh, I, I thought it was Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, we're, <clears throat> we were down two games and nothing going in. And I, I was actually having coffee. Uh, that's what I do. I have coffee in the morning. Uh, and, and I was sitting there with Kuiper, and we were just talking. And there were so many fans, Reds fans, that were coming in saying, oh, we got this. We're, we're finally going to get past the second round because they didn't think they could lose three games, you know? And I just sat there and laughed, and I was like, well, it ain't over yet. Like, you know, we got, you know, and, and, but then we went in, and then it was like this mentality. I remember when we went in, uh, when we flew in, it was kind of kind of quiet in the clubhouse because you didn't know. You're like, we packed to literally go home. We had our luggage in case we had to fly to our homes after after the, the game. And, and so, yeah, he did. He Pablo did. didn't. Uh, I, you didn't know. No one knew what was going to happen. And I remember Saves came in, and he's like, What's, why is there any music playing? I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. He's like, play some music. I'm like, that's Crawford's job. Hey. You know? and, and, and so we started blasting music because he didn't want it to be awkward. And then we had the whole David and Goliath speech by Bochi, which was really funny. And then Pence saying, I don't know anything about David and Goliath, but then he went on his spiel, you know? And just kind of went nuts, and he rallied. And we had so much energy. And then for the next three games, it was that refuse to lose mentality. And there was so much heroic things that went on as a team. And the plays that were made, the, the clutch grand slam, the unbelievable starting pitching, the back in the bullpen that we, we had to come in and pitch in weird times. Like everything was such a team effort that you actually, when we beat Cincinnati and that whole town was so pissed off at us. I mean, <laughs> they were hot. Like we were, we had to spend the whole day there the next day and they were not happy. This whole play, they were, but you know what? Just to, just to see what we did, you almost said, man, if, if we can win that scenario, 
we felt like we were never out of it, even though the next season, you know, series we were down three to one. But that Cincinnati series for me was it. Yeah, for me too. You know, especially when Brando Phillips say after their second game, we're gonna pop about it tomorrow, so it's gonna get pissed. And my teammates too. So it's special because we came out came out of that games that series, and uh, we went to St. Louis 3-1. Uh, Cito throw that that great game. We came back home. This guy put everything out there. The work he do so. You know, we, we came together as a team, we came together as a family, and, and we finished all, so. Yeah. Pablo, while you have the mic, let me continue with you, because Marco Scudero was supposed to be here. I know, and unfortunately, his back is still bothering him, and he wasn't able to make the trip. He's but old. He's old. He is. He's old. <laughs> we can say that, because he can't hear us. Um, but Pablo Scudero, I mean, when you say 2012, you know, postseason, people think of Marco Scudero, NLCS, Scudero-ing in the rain. Um, will you share your thoughts about him as a teammate and the impact he had from the second he joined the team in the regular season? You know, as a, as a friend, uh, as a leader, he's, he's a leadership, he's a great, great guy in the clubhouse. You know, the work he pulled every day to come here to work for us every, every, every second, every moment. When he got hurt in that play in the, in the slide from Holiday in second base, he got he got everything through it. He was hurt. He was feeling bad, but he finished it. He finished it, and he finished it the right way. Babel's guys is one of the best things happened. He made the last out. Who was hitting Holiday? So it's a great moment for for him, especially all the work put it for that moment uh, to get to the World Series. Very special, Marco Scudro. Ryan, I'm going to ask you about Pablo, because Pablo was the World Series MVP, and I'm sure everybody remembers game one. Not one, not two, but three home runs in game one. I remember sitting out, you know, we go out into these ox boxes to cover the game, so we're all the way out in left field, and I actually got to cover that game with my husband, and we just kept hitting each other. When he came up, we're like, he did it again. He, he did it again. He, he just did it again. Oh, my gosh. So, right. Sorry, are you okay? Yeah. You're not playing anymore, so I can, <laughs> I can bump you. What? Um, you know, uh, five years ago, you wouldn't have done I, that, He though. would not. There's no way. I wouldn't even talk to him the day before he pitched. We can talk about that, too. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval in the World Series. How do you share being his teammate? So, I've said this many times, and I've told him this before, too. Pablo is one of my favorite people on this planet. He always will be. Um, but so, so, so to see a guy that I love as a teammate and a player create history in front of my eyes was, was amazing. I mean, we, we get to see special things, right, as baseball players. We get to see special things happen on a baseball field. But when you're in a World Series and you're watching baseball history, it's a total different level. And I, I mean, I've, I've been pretty happy for myself at moments in this game, but I don't think I've been happier, probably as close as I've been to, to being happy for him that night was Matt Cain's perfect game. Yeah. And then watching him hit three home runs. And I mean, it, history, I can tell people that I've been a part of baseball history twice. And so thanks, buddy. Aww. So. 
Ryan mentioned when, when he was playing, there's no way I would have hit him like that. And he's right. Um, I would, like, actually avoid his entire, like, area around his locker. The day before he pitched, we, we didn't talk to Ryan. You know, there's a rule you don't talk to the starting pitcher day of. You did not talk to Ryan the day before either. Very intense. So, Jeremy, it's your turn um, to have some fun with, but actually a lot of gratitude for what Ryan Vogelsong was able to bring to that team. Given the career that you had, you were such a battler. I mean, nobody had experienced highs and lows of baseball like you, and you so appreciated every moment you were out there. But very intense, a little scary. Work then. It did work. I was scared. But what can you say about the season Ryan had for you guys? Three postseason wins, um, the intensity that he brought, the professionalism, the respect of the game, and what he was like as a teammate. Yeah, well, I, you know, when he first came over, Zito got hurt, and, and he was with us in spring training, and he had a pretty good spring training. But, you know, when the rotation set, the rotation set. But his spring training was so good, it, it threw a wrinkle in some of the Giants' plans, and we kind of you could see the team hesitantly kind of had to send him down, you know, and he took it in stride. But then when Zito got hurt, he came up, he makes an all-star team, and everybody's like, wait a minute. Like, he just had an intensity that it wasn't like, here, I'm just here to spot start. He's like, no, I'm here to, like, make a, make a dent in this scenario. And his intensity when he pitched, his focus, his you left him alone when he pitched, even in the game. We didn't even mess with him. He didn't talk to anybody. You know, he was kind of a – snapper so he you know he's kind of like angry a little bit when he pitched but you know but you know so you're like all right we we're all kind of scared of him a little bit you know and but we don't want to mess with him you know some guys that are angry like i'll mess with them because like you know, i'm gonna totally make fun of you if you get angry but with him it's like that'll actually mess up the entire game so you don't want you want to leave him alone he said yeah pablo maybe can mess with him but uh bogey man he, he just would be like shut up and just make sure you don't blow my game you know stuff like that you know <laughs> So like, he, he kind of is intense, but to see that intensity, I think what it did is every starter had a different way they went about their business, and they did it so well. But when Bogey went out, it was similar to Bum. It was like, you know, like we, we he's not coming to lose. Like I, I have a – my full intention is to win this ball game, and so you knew you were going to get that every five days. So the way he did it, the way he went about his business, the way he watched video, the way he studied hitters, and you saw how he added and subtracted, it actually make our, made our jobs easier as a bullpen because the way that he set hitters up, I mean, obviously I didn't really have any idea where I was throwing the ball. So, like, I, I mean, I either hit the ground or throw it off the backstop, but he, he would, like, set guys up so much I could just chuck it up there and get outs, you know, and, and that's what a good starter does, and they – and he did such a good job of that. He made our job easier. But you knew every five days that was, he was coming to win. And he was always bringing his best. It was always fun to watch you pitch. And, yeah, you, you looked very intimidating out there. Um, so we're going to open it up to the fans here in a minute. But I do definitely want to go down the line for the three of you. And all I'm going to say, as it's one of my favorite stories that I've covered in 10 years of being with the Giants, is the perseverance and resilience of Barry Zito. And he had a complete turnaround of his career in that postseason. And he's not here to be to share this with you, but what would you like to say about what Barry Zito meant to you guys that season? Men's a lot, you know, especially we we was part of the 2010 Dogouts cheerleader. So, you know, came back to the 2012 World Series, we got a, a goal. A goal, we was uh, doing our things out there, Came back to play off and uh, do our work. And uh, 
gap payoff, we worked through 2010 through 2011, and 2012 we got, we got the opportunity to be part of, and uh, you know, we worked together, we, we worked hard, and uh, he do a great job, he's a great guy, great worker, and he, he never give up, he never give up, and uh, he got the, the, the two games, a special game for us, when he set him up in St. Louis, in the first game, the World Series, you know, it's one of the greatest stories. He he threw the ball well. No one no one given a, a, a penny that uh, he gonna do that well. But we we believe in him and uh, we we care about him. And we wouldn't have Kung Fu Panda without Barry Zito, by the way, right? Yes. Yes. Ryan, what would you like to say about Barry? You know, um, that whole season for me, watching him was 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 really special um, to see and know Barry's path, how great Barry was, and then to come here and struggle and be able to fight through difficulties and, and then have that postseason. And, and I think that the, the best thing for me was definitely the game in St. Louis because Barry started a game in Cincinnati, and he, and he didn't do very well. And I can remember him coming in and saying to, to the guys after the game, Pick me up, fellas. I, I need another shot at this. And, and that's the kind of stuff that you heard around the clubhouse the, the whole entire playoffs. Um, if somebody didn't play well or do well, guys, pick me up. I want another shot. You know, we, we're not ready to go home. Back to Hunter's speech. But the day he walked into St. Louis, there was a different look in his eye. It, it, it was much different. And, and Barry was laid back, and everybody know Barry likes to play the guitar and play his music. But game day, Barry kind of transformed like the rest of us, that it was his day and he needed to show up and put his best foot forward. But that day was different. He walked in that day and it was a different Barry. And I kind of had this feeling, I mean, you know, stuff in baseball happens that you don't expect to happen. A ball hits the bag like we had in the World Series, obviously. But I mean, I, every it was all hands on deck in the bullpen that night. And I, I remember walking across the field going, all right, you better start getting ready for game six because Barry's ready to go. Wow, I like it. Jeremy, your thoughts on, you, you? we talked earlier today, and you had great stuff about Zito. Yeah, you know, just seeing, like, uh, echoing what these guys said, seeing his story, and we, we know a little bit more than maybe the fans knew because we, we lived with Zito every day, and we knew how hard he worked, like Pablo said, every single day and how he prepared every for every start. And when it didn't work out, it, it, it flustered him because he knew how hard he worked. And I think 2010... It, he played his whole career. He get, finally gets to a World Series. He was at the Oakland where they kept losing in the first round and finally gets to the World Series. He's not on the roster. I mean, it, it, we all felt bad for him because we knew. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big punch to your pride. And also, this is what I worked for. This is what I came here to do, and now I can't pitch. And then 2012, the whole year, I thought he just had a different focus about him. He wanted to say, you know, I'm not going to let last couple years out. I want to, if I'm going to finish anything, I'm finishing on a strong note, you know. And, and he went out for me and what he did in the playoffs, especially in, in, in St. Louis, he did. He came out with a different mentality. The hit, I mean, he gets a knock in a big situation, and he decided to do that on his own, you know. Like, it, you could just see everything was confident. His curveball was so good that day that St. Louis didn't have a shot. And if his curveball's on, you're not hitting him. And, and he was so locked in. And then what he did in the World Series, like everything, he, like we don't probably win the World Series unless Zito pitches the way he pitches because he was a question mark. Like Pablo's saying, 
for every analyst out there, they're like, well, we don't know what we're going to get from Zito. Zito's going to be. He actually did. He, he, he matched game for game with the other starters that were doing real well. So I, I just think overall, man, it, it, we lost Timmy, you know, to the bullpen. So all of a sudden, your, your, your big stud that like, was just such a dominant, he's not pitching well, so someone else has to pitch well. And Zito stepped in and just, I mean, it was heroic almost. I know, I know one thing for me, everybody else had question marks about him. But if you go back to 12, we had one like, not, not him personally, but as a team, we had one like Barry's last 11 starts. And that stuff is contagious, especially if you're a starter. And every time you walk out there, your team's winning the game. I mean, it rubs off and it gives you confidence. So you could just see him every time it happened. He was just gaining steam, gaining steam, and it all hit at the perfect time. Yeah. And the team wants that streak to continue. I mean, they, they pay attention to that stuff. Pablo, a famous picture on the airplane after you guys beat the Reds, and they have to wait because they don't know where they're going to go. You're either going to come home and face the cards or you're going to go to D.C. and face the Nationals. I don't know if you guys remember that picture. And they're all hovered over the seats watching the game. What uh, can you share with the fans about because Jeremy's in my way, I can't even see you. He's, you know, get off your phone, Jeremy. Um, that that time on the plane together, wondering where you're gonna go. Fun, intense. Did you have a, a preference? What did what was going on? You know what was funny at that time because we had to wait for three hours in the plane to see what's going on. So, you know, we play cards, we're watching the game. So we want to go to where? Where you guys want to go? I want to go to St. Louis. You guys, where are you going to go that, that year? Honestly, I'm going to tell a story a bit about that in a minute. But honestly, I didn't care who they were going to put in front of us. Yeah, I know. So I want to face a good team to, to win, too. So we was winning there. We, we take that picture. You know, it's funny moments. And, uh, you know, we, we never forget those moments. It's a great moment for us to, to keep it in, in our mind to, to see what's going on. I was hoping you guys would get the cards because that means you're, you're coming home. So that was, yeah, I like that advantage. What story did you want to share? So obviously we win the night before. The whole next day we're just, like Jeremy said, we're just waiting. Um, some of us had to check out of the hotel early because, like myself, wasn't smart enough to call down and ask for an extension on my room. <laughs> so I'm, you know, Nicole and I, Nicole was with me. We're across the street having food, watching the games, and then back to the ballroom where everyone was to huddle to go to the airport. And the game's on, and listen, I love all of our investors and people that are share with this team, but we're in this ballroom, and, and people that weren't going to have any effect on the game were complaining about having to go to Washington. I don't know if they didn't think we couldn't beat them or what was going on, but I just kept hearing, well, I'm getting mad, right? I'm getting upset. See, it's happening. If my wife it's happening. If Here my wife is. wasn't in the room, I probably would have got released that night because I was getting very upset with some high-powered people in your organization. Nicole, are you ready to step in? Okay. So I just keep hearing, we don't want to go to Washington. I don't want to go to Washington. And I, I'm going, who cares where we go? Yeah. Let's just go beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> so we finally get on the plane, and, and Nicole and some other teammates get me calmed down because now I'm complaining to them about what I heard. And, but it was, it was probably a good time for me to get with everyone and huddle around those TVs. And I tell you what, we weren't really cheering for anybody, but we were cheering really loud for anything that happened. But, yeah. I mean, at the for end of decision. the day, yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, we did want to come back here and start the series here. So it, it worked out. It sure did. All right. 
I'm sure we have a few fan questions. I know Pablo only has a couple of minutes because he's got a game to play. And, and I want, mark, mark my words, Pablo. You are going to get a hit today. Maybe more. And then, it, that, and it's going to be because you interviewed with me today. So that, yeah, the good and the bad. Because you got to talk to them, of course, yeah. I saw a question over here. So uh, if you didn't hear that, this gentleman was in the Navy and deployed during the 2012 World Series, and these guys kept him going. Yes, sir, right here. Charity work, sure. Jeremy, go for it. Well, yeah, we. I just have a nonprofit that we do a lot of stuff for uh, poverty and whether it's youth and poverty or getting kids to understand that there are there's always going to be poverty in your community that's never going to go away but understanding the pains that poverty causes we can help eliminate those pains by acts of compassion and so we do different things like hunger initiatives we rescue uh, human we do a lot of stuff with rescuing victims and human trafficking or we see different areas around a city that needs help and we try to you know figure out how we can get youth understanding these issues so as they get older and they go in to do things and become career people, they can know that giving back is more important than, than making. And, and that's kind of what we do. In fact, today we have a fundraiser, 21st Amendment. Pablo and Bo, you're going to be there. We, we, we do a great bar. Amy's going to be there. We do a great bartending event where we pour beers, have a good time, and raise some money, and it all goes to GA. So we're, we're excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drink one and pass one on. Well, you know, it's kind of a mixed deal, but... Yeah, it's doing really well. We're having a good time, and these guys have all been a supportive cast for me in that, so I'm, I'm thankful for that as well. Yeah, you do good stuff. You guys all do. Yes, we're here. I had a great uh, feeling. Pablo, can I repeat the question? Yes. So, so if you didn't hear it, he asked game one, did you feel like you were going to have a great game in game one of the World Series? Yes, I do, because uh, I was playing the, the third game against the Texas, and uh, I don't do well. So I worked out 2011, and I came back 2012 for a World Series. The game one, I, I, don't, I don't mean to hit three homers, but I knew I was going to have a great game because I was so focused and that moment, so focused to, to get the win for my teammates. I know how to ring, but some guys don't. I want to work out. All the guys work out together. We was 25 guys, one coming goal. It's win all. So, uh, you know, I feel great that day. I don't even know what I do that day. I, I swear to God, I hit three home. I don't even know <laughs> what means. So, you know, it's exciting for me to be part of this. Pop Pablo, did you? Oh, that was nice. Did you ever talk to Verlander? I mean, two two were off him. I'm just curious. Spring trainings, or did you guys ever just like, hey, I don't like you? Very you know, much. 2000. I got a great story. 2011, we went play to Detroit. So I was hitting good. He asked Miggy, Miggy Cabrera's great friend of mine, he tell me, I want to pitch that pop. Yeah. So got the opportunity facing 2012 All-Star uh, game. And I hit a triple, basically loaded triple. So I got the opportunity again facing the World Series. And, uh, 
and I hit two homers. Yeah. Yeah. You I don't get hits against. I hit homers and triples. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I do. I hit homers and triples. Uh, let's do two more questions right here. Everybody hear that? What's more memorable, Buster's uh, Game 5 uh, NLDS Grand Slam or sweeping Detroit? I, I, I mean, the, the Grand Slam didn't surprise me uh, from Buster. It's what Buster does. Um, though, to be honest with you, Detroit sweep didn't surprise me either because, like they said, I was a studier. And I was watching tons of film on Detroit. And I was watching the way the Yankees pitched them and watching how Oakland pitched them. And I'm sitting in front of the video going, I, I trust my eyes pretty well. And I'm like, these guys can't play with us. And now everybody else was saying, their starters are better than our starters. If you go around the infield, this guy's better than him. And I'm going, I don't see it. Well, then what reconfirmed it was I was driving to the field one day talking to my dad. And my dad made, I didn't say anything about it. He just made the comment. He said, I watched all the playoff games and the way you guys pitch, they can't hit you. So, I mean, that locked in for me. So going in, I'm like, man, this, this thing's going to be over pretty quick. When dad says it, it's for sure, too. Jeremy, what, what are your takes on those yeah, moments? Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say Detroit was a, was a complete surprise because I, I was a part of the Colorado team in 2007 that had eight days off. We swept the playoffs like Detroit did. And when you have that much time off, the hitters, it doesn't matter who you bring in. They're bringing in some of their uh, instructional league pitchers to pitch to them just to try to keep them going. And, and it, 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 but it doesn't matter. You're, you're trying to pitch to your own guys. You don't want to hurt them right for the World Series. They're getting balls out over the middle of the plate, and they're not competitive. It's not an adrenaline rush. So they were they had holes in their swing. I mean, they 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 had legitimate holes, and you could just pitch to their weaknesses. And they just their timing as a as a group, as a hitting group, was not there. So we knew that if we could put some runs on the board, we the only hope they had was their starting pitching. And I think that's when when he hit two bombs off Verlander, you could look at the whole team and they're like, uh oh, like that was our best bolt to start the World Series, and this dude just bounce Verlander by himself you know so like so I think that's what so we were kind of sweeping them I was I was happy that we swept them because the rain was coming in and it was so bad like we wouldn't have got out of there for like four days so we were just happy that we could sweep so and it was cold too so we were like please let's just get out of here you know so winning it was for me but man when Buster hit the grand slam I mean we had to call him I think Contos and uh, Romo I think they were climbing on the fence like like, I don't know what they were. They were, like, jumping, shaking the fence. And I'm like, hey, hey, settle down, you know. But I think it was just an exciting deal because it was Latos, too. And he had popped off in 2010, you know, buried the Giants, said Giants suck on all his signatures and, and all this stuff. And so when we got him, it was almost like it, it, that we actually loved. We were like, yeah, you deserve that one, buddy. So it, 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 it was good. So I'm sure winning six elimination games, too, like nothing would phase you guys at that point, yeah. Okay, one final question right there, and then the guys have to head out. Can you guys, next time, talk to the Giants brass, please tell them, don't trade Hunter. Thank you for your comment. Do we have a question? <laughs> yes? 
Was the Hunter Pence dugout speech as big as all the fans think it was? Or did the uh, media blow it up? Well, oh, it was definitely big. Uh, I, I'm not really a rah-rah guy. Like, I try to actually calm down because if I get too much energy, I get really bad when I throw. So, like, I, I try not to be all hoopla. So I would stand around it, and he would do it, and we'd stand there, and, and it was... I'm not a guy that needs that. It, it, it was definitely a big deal, but... There are a lot of guys that do need it. And he, he said, hey, man, we're going to create energy before the first pitch even starts so that we don't get into that whole, like, wake up. He woke everybody up, and it just got everybody excited with the seeds and everybody that got some of that, that energy going. And it, it, was, it was big. It was actually, for me, more humorous. Like, I was laughing the whole time because <laughs> he was just getting so wound up and angry, and he was doing the whole, like, NFL, like, Ah, you know, and I'm just like, Dude, we, is this a serious conversation or, you know, but it worked and, and it was something that we needed at the time. And, you know, when baseball, we do that when even if it's stupid or, or kind of weird, if it works, you just keep doing it. Like, you know, because they're like, whatever, it works. So we're going to keep doing it. It's like Huff wearing the same pair of underwear every game. You know, like it was like it works. It's weird, but you got to do you got to do. I mean, this guy ate an enchilada every I mean, he flew enchiladas in before he pitched. It was. You know, because it worked, you know? I, I don't know if we needed to know about the underwear, but it's fine. I used, I used to wear socks. Now we're on underwear. Pablo, Hunter Pence's speech. I know he's a good friend of yours. Yeah, you know, when in the clubhouse, he started talking, you know, starting like slow, 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 getting the motivation to, to tell everyone, looking inside of everyone and tell, you know what, I'm not ready to go home. We start looking at each other's, you know, when I'm not ready, he's not ready, no one's ready, we're gonna fight today. And we continue to fight day by day, day by day, through six elimination games. We got our backs against the wall, and uh, we never give up. We, we, we give you the opportunity to, to share with you guys the greatest moment we have in, in the World Series, in the playoff, and, and you guys, Enjoying that moment, you guys give it the inspiration to go every day out there to play hard and uh, give it a great show, great game for you guys. All right. Um, we're going to wrap it up, but I think, Ryan, I think you're the best person to do this. If you could just say from your perspective, whether it's the 2012 team or being a giant in general, what the fans mean to you guys when you're playing and you need their support. Yeah, I mean, I've said it multiple multiple times uh we're we're nothing without with the without the fans um the energy that you all bring to this ballpark every day changes you as a player um take it from someone who's been in places where it's not like that it changes you and jeremy's been in that place with kansas city and cincinnati <laughs> colorado <laughs> but there is a there's there's a different energy in this ballpark when you when you walk in here because of what you guys bring for us and it changes you as a player and it makes you want to succeed for for not just your teammates but you the fans as well so thank you so much for everything that you've done for us and please continue to support these guys I know you will but uh, you are you're definitely a, you're definitely a game changer. Um, People want to come play here because of what you guys make this ballpark feel like. Awesome. All right. One last time, let's hear for Ryan Vogelsong, Jeremy Affelt, Pablo Sandoval.
Pablo has, to, has some work to do at the plate today. He's going to go do that. Good luck in the game. Thank you, everybody, for coming out for the event and the tribute to the 2012 World Series team. Go Giants!